0: Welcome to the truth, the music, and me—the podcast. The truth, the music, and me. I'm Tamara Stewart, and I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. You can drop us a line if you want to send us an email. Podcast at Tamara Stewart Music. Com. Well, welcome to episode 11 of The Truth, The Music and Me, the podcast. I'm Tamara. I'm so glad you're here and we are on the home stretch. Wow. We've got today's episode, next week's episode, and then the pod series will be complete. But until then, we've got a little bit of ground to cover. Episode 11 is Face the Music. I could blame Nashville I could blame this guitar Or that woman sleeping in my bed And driving my car I could blame myself Cause I was the one to leave Sometimes what you want Ain't what you need And the truth is I had to face the music The thing that was really interesting about this song is it was actually the very last song that was written for the album. Although it's not the last track on the album, uh, it came really clear that there was parts of my story that I hadn't written yet, that really it was the coming together of all these songs and looking at it this way that helped me to realise the things in me that I had to acknowledge. So this was a little bit um, like a mirror, this album of me, just making sure that I had all the pieces back together. And so I, I didn't feel like I'd said anything quite like what this song says and uh, I've got goose pimples actually, just then when I said it, goose bumps, whatever you call <laughs> We call them goose pimples but goose bumps. Um, chill bumps, my um, Louisiana friend um, calls them. So this song was co-written uh, with Blake Griffith, who's a good mate of mine. He's also from Louisiana, um, very, very talented writer and just an all-round good bloke, um, good fella. And he set up a write actually he with me and uh, Robin Collins who lives here in Nashville and uh, she is also a fabulous writer. So f- we kind of knew about each other but we hadn't been in the same room to write. So Robin and I were meeting for the first time. Blake was well aware of my story and we'd been mates for a while and um, he also uh, – he and I had written many songs by that stage. So I was sort of introducing myself to Robin and um, – And I said, look, I sort of could – I probably could write another song for my album, but it's all recorded and done. But I head to the UK to tour next week um, and, you know, we are looking at putting another track on the album, one final track. And so Robin actually put the title down. Once I told her my story, she put the title down, but she was thinking of it in another way when she had originally had the idea. So, I mean, I kind of shared with her how I saw – Um, what face the music meant in my story. And so from that, yeah, from that the song was born. And I, I believe it was a song that we started from line one that I could blame Nashville, I could blame this guitar. I think that is where we started and the chorus came around the time that the chorus would come in the song. Sometimes choruses are written first, that's quite common, that the chorus is written first and then you write towards it and write away from it. Yeah, this song kind of, it, it's fair to say it happened organically. Um, we did craft it, like it did feel like we were working and moulding and shaping it. We were very conscious about saying the right things and, and leaving the right message. And it was just one of those days when the chemistry was right, the room temperature was right, coffee was good, and the song and was real. Music. When I did what I found was a queen without a crown in a strength and a voice I wasn't using between the storms and the doubt that almost broke me down. Some days I can't believe I made it through it. And the truth is, I had to face the music. Another purpose of this song, uh, which gets a brief mention in the second verse, is I kind of wanted to give a shout out to the the small. Number of people that had um, stood by me and supported me. I mean, if you think back on the storms that you've been through, maybe there's uh, one particularly that you can think of. Um, a time when you've struggled and you've had uh, you've had that somebody, or maybe it's a couple of people. It could be a family member or a friend that really gets you, really understands your struggle and your intention, can do the tough love and call you on your BS. Uh, but can also hold you in that space and you can just be messy. And they know they can't fix you. They don't try to fix you. You don't expect them to fix you, but they just hold the space. It's so powerful because at the end of the day, no one can do the work for us. And sometimes things happen that are beyond our control, that are not our fault, Uh, But we're responsible for how we move on from that. And we do have to grieve and hurt and that's okay. And to have a friend that is in your space with you, that can sit with you in that space and love you and support you and and not just tell you everything that you want to hear. They'll tell you what they feel you need to hear and, and they do it with love and you can receive it with love. But the other side of that, which I struggle with um, or have struggled with, uh, is asking like asking for help, not so much the help part, but more just being willing to be vulnerable, you know, and, and understanding the value of just processing. And that's, you know, it, it comes down to journaling and all that stuff as well, but to actually be willing to let somebody else in um whether it's a paid professional or you know a, a friend or relative so um we we you know we don't want to make uh the you know the basis of those friendships just free therapy definitely not but um but there is a there is a friend of mine that I've mentioned her before and uh her name's Karen she's just a legend she's just an awesome chick and we've been mates for Probably eighteen years. We we met when she was working at the record company I was first signed to, and it may have been fate or destiny, but um, she was really into what I did, and we sort of connected on a professional level. It was great because she was a really big support, and has been um, has been you know in the background somewhere of all of the albums that I've made. Um, first couple on a professional level being working for the record company and then the last three as you know with the friendship and support and and advice because she's um a super smart chick so she was you know she was definitely a, a saint for me during that time and hopefully i offer her that support as well when she's when she's gone through challenges and that that to me has been a really good example of unconditional love and a really good example of friendship um of faith um and 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 she has definitely been a cornerstone for me in um, setting standards for how I want to show up for the people I love too. So so that's a bit of love for Karen, but I wonder who your Karen is as I'm, as I'm talking about this. I wonder who, who you're thinking of and um, grateful for. So thanks to fate, destiny and those worn down saints looking out for me. I still got this guitar and these songs I say. I don't give a damn. I think uh, as a music consumer and a music lover, one of the things that I really appreciate is uh, how songs can take my story and like I say, not necessarily as the person that's written them but just songs that I've connected to and loved over the years and takes my mess and makes it consumable and um, singable and palatable and uh, makes it feel less unspeakable. Music has a way of breaking the silence that we uh, that we struggle to uh, to get through, but facing the music is about you know facing your own truth and it's you know i'm glad I'm glad we got this song because I truly felt like it helped to uh, just drive home what I wanted to make sure this album and and what I say in in these stories uh was really clear that you know it's yeah there's other people at fault but I got my part and I can only keep my side of the fence clean. I can't be responsible for how everyone else has treated me. I can only be responsible for how I allow it to happen and in moving forward. So, And vice versa. Of course, everything I say from my end is relative and valuable and has as much um, validity as the other side of the story. One of my favourite movie scenes is from 8 Mile, the Eminem movie. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's, I just love it. I just think he's an absolute genius as a songwriter, as a lyricist, as um, a human overcoming his own struggles and using his art to express a pretty raw and real um, take on, on how he sees the world and just to see his evolution as a human being since um, Slim Shady first hit you know, hit radio and then now he has such an intelligence in the way that he constructs his lyrics. If you actually just Google the lyrics um, of some of his songs, it really is to read it, to really be able to soak in his lyric. He's he's incredibly intelligent, incredibly intelligent man. But there's a scene in 8 Mile where Eminem uh, does the final battle round and I don't want to give away the farm but... These battle rounds are so incredible to watch. It's where um, literally just freestyle, really, um, freestyle rap. And uh, just it, it takes intelligence and an incredible creative talent to um, to be able to pull that off. But it, so anyway, Eminem's in this final battle round. And ideally, I, I think you don't want to have to go first because you let the other person go first. They diss you, you get all fired up, you know what they've said, so then you can kind of counter-say and up them. So I think ideally you don't want to be called first to have to battle before your opponent because it's like a one-on-one, it's like a verbal boxing match. So Eminem in this particular final, grand final scene of this big competition he's in in the movie in 8 Mile, uh, he has to go first, which is not ideal but he takes a second to think about it, and he's looking at his opponent, and they've kind of they're kind of in a bit of a gang, um, gang war. These two, with um, with you know, and all their mates and that there. Um, that's the Australian explanation, <laughs> and uh, and so Eminem's kind of looking at him really intensely, and you can see his mind ticking over and how can I how can I get ahead of this guy? Like this is it's down to the final wire. And so you see this look come across his face. And as I say, Eminem's a great actor. It's a it's a really good scene. I encourage you to Google it. Um, final battle round in 8 Mile. Uh, and so Eminem lifts, gets this look in his eye and then he lifts the mic to his mouth. And he just, he starts. And so he, he gets into this, he gets everyone in kind of the groove of it, kind of chanting along with him. And then he turns to the guy and, and starts to rap a little bit and then he turns it on himself and he just lists and disses himself. He lists all of the stuff that he knows this other guy's gonna try and shame him with. Um, you know, it's really, really amazing. But he just owns his story and he doesn't do it in a way to shame himself. He just goes, Yeah, that's that's that happened and this is true and this and this and this and this and this and, this, and what else have you got? You know, like I know that about me already, so what else have you got? That w- That's kind of the vibe, but it just brings home that idea that if we face the music, face our stuff, deal with it, heal it, forgive ourselves, forgive the other people and commit to moving forward, no one can pull you back. People will try because sometimes what you've done and who you used to be is all they've got on you. Um, And I say that as someone who has struggled to forgive and as someone who has spent a lot of time seeking and I have definitely been on the other side of that where someone just wants you to live in your mistake but we're not the things we've done and I've worked hard enough in my own life and overcome some stuff and survived some stuff. And I know in my story I'm here because I've worked really hard and I've made sacrifices. Uh, I have had – I do feel like I've been blessed. I feel like I've I've definitely had things work in my favour but not everything's worked in my favour. And uh, I'm sure that's the same in your story where you can look at – where you've had a little bit of help and things seem to have been working easily and then other times it's hard. It feels like you're going against the grain but you just know you've got to keep moving forward. Just to share a Brene Brown quote, I just love Brene, but uh she says that shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we're capable of change. Shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we're capable of change. And that in itself, if you can truly Believe that like when that really hits home with me. I really get it like it feels very real and I've lived that lived that uh, Where and it's it's not even from things we've done where we just carry shame from things that are done to us But it's really powerful if we allow it to uh, Sit there without recognizing it, but it's important to name it. It's like bringing la- light to mold um, once you once you open it up it, it can't survive and that's why they say that connection is the antidote to addiction. Coming to terms with it, it's like holding it and letting it go. When I did what I found Was a queen without a crown in a strength I I mentioned earlier this was the last song that we wrote for the album and uh, it was one that I jumped into a studio in Sheffield last time I was on tour in the UK and worked with um, the engineer that I actually worked with in Nashville here at the Southern Ground studio. His name's Chris Wilkinson and he's a studio genius and I could not make this album without him he uh, he was uh, just a brilliant engineer and he mixed the album and he worked way beyond his uh, job description from um, jumping in on hand claps (laughs) (laughs) to uh to just an editing genius so uh with thanks to Chris I got to uh just put a vocal down on this and bring the I brought the files back to Nashville and and we we got to make face the music so I'm really grateful that we we did I think it's a pretty honest way of me summing up my perspective so next week we'll be bringing you episode 12 of The Truth, The Music and Me, the podcast. That's our final podcast for this series. If you've already got your copy of the album, you know already that next week's podcast is going to be called Late to the Party. And I can't wait to tell you the story behind this song. It was co-written with Megan Connor and Leslie Satcher here in Nashville. And, uh, and yeah, it was a whole lot of fun to write. It was a whole lot of fun to record. Yeah, but... hey, pretty little jam- episode 11 of The Truth, The Music and Me, the podcast. Tune in next week for episode 12 and if you've got someone that you think you'd want to share this with, send them the link. Don't forget you can drop us a line but until next week, take care of yourself. The truth, the music, and the-